from the Dallas On Air Studios in beautiful Dallas, Texas, this is Next Issue, the comics podcast, our Big and Samurai production. Thank you for tuning in. And now here's your hosts, Clay Harrison, Kyle Condis, and Adrian Harry. Oh, hey now, everyone. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sick, so I'm going to lean on these guys a lot today. What's up, gang? Excelsior. Morning, boys. Oh, that's all you got? That's all I got. Okay. I was going to do, do a rendition of Lean On Me, but, you know. <laughs> we we, we, we didn't license for that. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, welcome to the Next Issue Podcast, a bi-weekly comic book podcast here out of Dallas. We are part of the Dallas On Air family and the Bacon Samurai production crew. We're also co-hosts on Justice Sec. Three friends and one engineer who has no clue what's going on talking about the <laughs> lifelong love of comic books. All right, everyone. Let's just jump in. We got a lot going on, Ooh. and I just wanted to uh, give everyone's thoughts on Thor. Well, uh, Kyle, Kyle really can't give it to you. No, so. I can. I, 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 I know all the spoilers and everything, so I mean, I can talk about it. Okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well let's get into the book, then, then go into the film. Okay. I've heard nothing but good things about the film. Yeah, yeah. I bet you did. Um, <laughs> I love the film. I, I, I've seen it twice now, and uh, it's. So you posted uh, about a week and a half ago. I had already bought some Thor comics, and um, and I bought the Planet Hulk, and I read that storyline and or that that graphic novel. So and fun! Then, it's, yeah, it's a yeah, fun yeah. read. Yeah, Greg Pak did a really good job on that. Um, did you ever see the uh, animated uh, Planet Hulk film? No, I didn't. I, I think it's on Netflix still. I it, think yeah, so. it's a fun. Was, uh, yeah. that, it's fun. I like it because a uh, Battery Bill is a prominent character in yeah. that film. So, um, but I just love how they. Th- so I ended up buying because um, of the Amazon deal. I bought like um, I bought Simonson's first two volumes. I bought uh, Essential to me. Essential, yeah, yeah, you very have essential. To, yeah, um, and then I bought um, the first two volumes of uh, Jason Aaron's God of Thunder run. Yeah. And then one I haven't read, I've heard incredible things that like maybe this is like his book, like this it, is it, his defining book. It, it's up there. It's really good. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I become a Thor has become one of my favorite Marvel characters now after reading those two. When and, you sent me that, I was really surprised because I was like, which books did he read that yeah. just catapulted him up there? Um, well, Simonson is just essential. Like I said, it, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but Jason Aaron's run. Yeah. Is and then a matter of fact, uh, through Marvel Insider, I got enough points to buy um the full volume of the Unworthy Thor. Oh, and yeah. that's just as good. Wow. It, it is really good. So 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 there's just a lot yeah, of and, stuff worth reading. If you enjoyed you, the film. If you enjoyed the film, because there's a lot of one of the pictures I posted, like they took like actual shots from Jason Aaron's run. In the, or in the movie, like when, when oh when, really when, the when, unworthy when Thor's hanging upside down yeah from chains that's a that's a, a scene in the unworthy where he's talking to the god where the god butcher has captured him and has him in black chains long hair just hanging down and he's in there having a conversation with him okay so I I go to my local comic shop uh, Urban Legends and I'm talking with Aaron and uh, and his complaint about Thor was well it wasn't really like a Thor film. And I said, yes, but we've seen two Thor films, and I don't know if those were great. And they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think I liked well, them. For, I, me, for me, I liked them, but 
I could tell you this. I'm going to watch Ragnarok over and over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will can... watch it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it put two guys together we hadn't seen as much. It, fun for me is what matters. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. And it played to the strengths of uh, Thor. Yeah. Well, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Um, I'm a big, I'm a huge Taika Waititi fan. So I was. I didn't realize yeah. he was, uh, until somebody said it, that he was the, uh, he played uh, Pie Face in Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't realize he was a director until I, I had to go. I mean, I've seen uh, Into the Shadows. I thought that was a really good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the Shadows. Yeah, what we, what we do in the Shadows is a remarkable, sorry, sorry. Remarkable, mm-hmm. remarkable film. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, they're talking about doing a series now. Really? Yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah it, it's. If you I wouldn't hold my breath for that if one. If you had not seen that yeah. show, it's really hilarious. Yeah. Well, him and, him and Jermaine Clement don't really write well together, uh, although what we do in the Shadows is excellent. Yeah. But it took him six years to write that thing. Oh, wow. So. You know, and then he's also talking about doing more Thor films, so which I I'm on board. For. I'm on board. With, I I honestly watching this film, I wish they'd broken it up into three films, yeah. which is w- something you never hear <laughs> anyone say because no one goes. You know, The Hobbit was better when you broke it up into three films. I nah. wanted to, I I wanted I wanted more time in the arena. I wanted more Planet Hulk. I yeah. wanted more time getting to meet. Uh, you know, the Valkyrie. Pe- Everyone, yeah, yeah. I wanted to spend time with them, and uh, I wouldn't know old Doug and new Doug every time. <laughs> that I mean, was a funny bit. That was a. Fu- I, they just had really fun stuff in it. Right. I will say this: the CGI is really distracting. I mean, it, it is, is constant. You're constantly on green screen. Yeah. What is real? There is nothing real. Yeah. Um, but you know what overshadows all that? Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. Jeff just Goldblum was, Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Give me, if I can get anything out of this, I want to see a, uh, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm going to lose my mind because I'm sick. Uh, the Collector. I yeah. want to see a Contest of Champions. Right. I want to see the Guardians that we saw at the end of Guardians Volume oh. 2 show up in Champions. I want right. to see all these kind of one-offs and maybe uh, give me a Marvel 2-in-1 film or a 2-in-1 special on your streaming service. Right. Uh, I don't know if I'll well, watch it now because we'll, well get into my relationship with Marvel. Was. It was sort of a Marvel 2-in-1 kind of film. It, it was. was. It was that's that's taking true, the yeah. liberty of like saying, you know, all these other films have had been either the ensemble cast or it's about your single character. Mm-hmm. Maybe Civil War a little bit, but this was like the first thing where it's like, oh, we got Thor and we've got Hulk. They did a really good job of blending. Like they, What I loved about the film was that as a MCU fan, mm-hmm. um, if you watched all what fifteen movies up to this point, <laughs> yeah, and watching repeatedly like we all have, the jokes not only pull from Thor history as far as the comic books, yeah, um, the, the the Thor frog reference, yeah. I like. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, I um, did have that. That's right. Um, but also from past MCU films. Like, like a lot of the humor was from like um, when the Grandmaster asked him, asked Loki about something about about uh, Thor being his brother. He's like, uh, he's a he, he's adopted. He's adopted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just, just a callback yeah, to a callback yeah, joke. Yeah, call, uh, there was a lot of those callback jokes though, and um, which means that Taika, when he wrote this, was a huge MCU fan. Yeah, and. Um, they paid a lot of respect to the comics. As as far as far as it being a comedy, you know, put that aside. There was still a lot of reverence to. Yeah. Like, also, um, I love how ever since I guess we can call it Ultron, 
the splash page scene, you know, um, the opening scene from Ultron. We have Civil War with a big splash page. The splash pages in this were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, just it, awesome. You you know, we can complain about the CGI, but the splash pages were just. They, and I sat there, and the second time I watched it, I realized, well, there's that one big one. No, there's like three or four of them in there. Yeah. And they're really good. The visuals are beautiful. The CGI background is distracting. It's just at times you see when it works and when it doesn't. Right. And when it pulls you out of the film, you know, and you got, you're kind of like, ugh. You know, but but there are beautiful designs. I mean, I, I love seeing all the work that they put into it, and it beats the hell out of some of the uh, rougher designs that were in Planet Hulk. I kind of like the futuristic look. I like uh, a lot of the color. I know that 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 there had been word that they wanted to have more of a Guardians look to it and a Guardians feel to it. It it did, dude. Every time they would start into music and Thor would start. I mean. I was into it. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean... The action was good. The the comedy... Er, you know, people complain about it being too much comedy. I don't think so. I think it, could, it fit. It, yeah. it, was, it was a fun movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but so so for all your books... Hang, hang hold on. on. No, I want to get into this because when, when you say too much comedy, I get worried that you're going to have the Doctor Strange syndrome. And the fact that it was so trying, so hard to capture the comedy of Guardians of the Galaxy that it almost failed as a film. Uh, no, uh, no. I thought Doctor Strange was awesome. I mean, I mean Doctor, did some of the jokes fall flat? Yeah, but I mean, some of the jokes in this movie, in all Marvel movies, fall flat. But I think the difference between Doctor Strange and this movie is you have a director that really, truly understands comedy. You've had okay. two movies in the last three years that truly understand comedy: Ant Man with um, Adam. Oh yeah, um, Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Yeah. And you had um, Taika Waititi on this film. And uh, unfair to Adam McKay being the head writer of Saturday Night Live yeah. for years. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, they truly understand comedy, so the comedy works. No one complained about Ant-Man being too funny, and there was comedy throughout. Yeah, and, it, and, and, and one thing I would worry about, too, though, is, is that was a guy who inherited a film from Edgar Wright yeah. Yeah. and made it funny yeah. and made it work, because I, I do rewatch that film a lot. Yeah, yeah it's a fun yeah, film. Ant-Man worked. Doctor Strange did not. I don't, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't ever need to go see Doctor Strange again. Exactly. Doctor Strange is, is really not a... And, and he's, well, he's in Hulk, and he's not, he's not worth it in Hulk, well, either. He's not really... Needed. Here's the thing, and I think if Doctor Strange was made seven years ago, that film works. Unfortunately, we have seven years of MCU history, and now all of a sudden we're getting an origin story, so now it's boring. Yeah. Yeah, we're, get, we're going into you know, the magic realm and everything. Yeah, it, you it, have to. It, you can only do so much in the real exactly. world. Exactly. Well, let's, uh, uh, let, let's go through the books real quick and then, and then hit some of this Marvel news, because there's a lot going on this week of uh, what, what books... Kyle, did I you... Mean, I mean, outside of the Simonson stuff, the stuff that really got me into Thor in the 80s was the uh, Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends uh, run, yeah. when he basically had to take over for the life of uh, Eric Masterson. There was a run where he like you know he did the whole Don Blake, he hit his staff, and he became Eric Masterson. He uh, apparently you know was fighting Asgard, apparently killed Loki, and so he like his soul got sent away, but Eric Masterson was in complete control. And then eventually read, uh, ran into Eric becoming Thunderstrike, which I thought was a, a really fun book. I, t I tend to sometimes like these offshoot characters. Like, I liked Ben Rowley, the Scarlet Spider. Yeah. And I like some of these other characters. And I, and I didn't think Thunderstrike got the do that it needed. When they do a one-off, they're not so committed to the canon. So they let them do whatever. Exactly. And that's what makes those books fun yeah, is right. there's no rules. Right. Yeah. Um, 
for me, I, I pulled out the the one book Thor, one Thor book I really love, and it's a J. Michael Straczynski, his reintroduction the sim- the after simple- after Ragnarok, yeah, yeah. Okay. and it's and it's finding the heroes again. It was breaking the the trend of Ragnarok and the end of yeah. times and which, starting over, which they pulled from, from the film. The, the film pulled from that that one little storyline piece of storyline from from that book yeah the, the thing i love is that the heroes are hidden within all of us around the world mm-hmm. and uh thor goes and unlocks that he finds right. he finds the warriors three he finds everyone yeah. and doing doing those good things as humans even though they are gods and moving asgard to oklahoma as you do that was my one complaint well if i <laughs> if i had if i had two minor nitpicks about thor uh, ragnarok the movie uh I thought the way the Warriors three, yeah, they, they were done out, wrong. They were done wrong. Um, They're coming back. I could have used a little bit more Hella. Oh God, yeah. And um, I thought Carl Urban's um, and, uh, executioner was a little bit too like if if there's a little one, too cute, a little too l- funny, a l- little too too. But that's a, it was just weird. But I, it ended up working at the end. It did. It did. I just felt like Car- that, that's Carl Urban's strength. That's yeah. what he does as bones. That's yeah. what he. I mean, if he doesn't play to that strength in anything, it's probably yeah. dread because I was gonna say, dread, dread is not going to be that guy. <laughs> right. Right. I like cra- dread. Hey, dread's not cracking jokes though. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah, that's about it. So so this week I had a, a huge problem with with Marvel, and <laughs> I have. Here we go. I have canceled half my comics with them because I have had such an incredible problem redeeming codes. Um, And so I've dropped all my X-Books, which are my favorite books, and trying to stay loyal to my local comic shop. But I'm kind of torn. I don't know what to do. I I cannot get... I've had an open ticket with them for two months trying to redeem digital books. And and so I have huge gaps where I'm trying to read stories. So what I do now is I go and I buy the book again. So I have paid for the book twice because I cannot get any help from Marvel. Uh, I've contacted them over and over again. So I just went to my shop and I said, is there anything you could do? And they said no. And this is not a knock on you. This is why I don't do digital. Well, it's it's eyesight. It's it's for being an old guy no, and no, having I, a hard time reading. I, I like the digital, no, no, but I, I, I like I get it. But yeah, I, yeah. But I mean, again, it's just I. It's not even okay. This isn't. I'm not defending Marvel, but it's that whole oh, yeah. thing of just being even on tablet or computer. I like to have that physical format because if anything happens well, and it well, goes haywire, then I lose everything. So I'd rather just be no. I can hey, I can open my bag, pull out the, you know from the backboard, or I can yeah. pull out my trade pair back and just physically read it right there. Well, for two months I've gone back and forth, and they have basically wanted me to take pictures of yes, the yes. code, the comic. They want receipts from the store. Uh, it's a laundry list of stuff that I just you know I'm exhausted. That's some BS. Yeah. Yeah, I've been sick for three weeks, so I, I really just am tired of their stuff. And I just said, look, being a customer of Marvel is exhausting. I'd rather just not buy your books at this point. Mm-hmm. And and they don't do anything to support the local comic shop. No. I, if I wait now, the books that I buy, like you know the X books, I canceled all of those. And those are right. books I love. Uh, I can wait six months and buy the trade cheaper than I could buy two issues. Right. Because digital really doesn't help support the stores. Uh, and the stores know this. I mean, my store, you know, they were kind of bummed. They know that I come in and I'll spend money, but when I cut my order in half, they're just like, well, 
what can we do? But it's not them. It's not. But at least they understood what you talked. They understood what was going on. They did. So uh, well, I mean, the thing about it is, is you're not giving up comics altogether. We're just you're just going to move over to DC. I yeah, I'm probably get. Well, I'm going to do DC, do more independent uh, stuff like that. I do DC for my fix and. I don't know. You know, I, I'm going to miss those books. Uh, I'll probably buy them when I hear good ones. I won't be the one out there judging them, and that sucks. Yeah. Because that's kind of why I love doing the show is to go, guys, you got to read the new Daredevil. That's a book that I get excited about because right. I love Charles on that good. book. Yeah. And so, like, it I want to come in and talk about it right. and then not be bummed out because, you know, well, I read up to issue eight, but I couldn't redeem my code. So until Marvel gets back with me in two weeks, and that, it, <laughs> then, then I'll let you know how it ended, you know. I mean, we've had, we've had this uh, discussion before about digital versus um, physical media. I mean, you both, all three of us love yeah. physical media. <clears throat> yeah. But at the same time, I've come a cu- become accustomed to guided view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's so it's, it's so nice. Beautiful. I mean, I mean and when you get a great artist on a book and you can go through panel yeah. by panel, if you're not soaking that in, you're missing out. Yeah. That's what you miss out on the and, physical uh, copy. But uh yeah, I understand your point. Um I just but that kind of leads into what I was talking about uh before is that how DC and Marvel aren't relatable. And uh or DC, the the old argument is DC characters aren't relatable. <laughs> right. Marvel is more grounded and relatable. But I think I finally have proof. Okay. Um, sitting at home, um, getting ready for the show. Like, I have to rest up because if I go out, I will not wake up in the morning. So, I'm sitting there and I was watching. I, I subscribed to a bunch of YouTube channels, just nerd stuff. And they were talking about, they were having an argument over whether it's a good thing for Disney to buy Fox in the Fox movies. And the argument I've heard over the last five or six years, which made sense, is, well, if they do that, if Marvel gets all their properties back, then that means that um, we don't get as many movies. Oh, God, we get too many movies, yeah. I think. And, you know, blah, 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 and we, we, we you know, mix up the story. You never hear that, 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 that um, argument from Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you never hear that argument about Warner Brothers. And, and I thought about that. I'm like, well, maybe it's because they're just not relatable and transferable to, to, to movies. To film, yeah. To film. I mean, they, they do well on like... Um, their, their, their they, comic, can't, they can't do it with the talent they have if they can't. Yeah. Um, but you never hear about you know, the argument that, well, you know, Warner Brothers maybe should sell off a couple so we can get more movies. No. You never hear that freaking argument. Nobody's nobody's clamoring for that. Yeah, and nobody's really even clamoring for more DC comic movies. They oh no, the, I think they, there's I think there's want, a fan base out there that's there strong is. for it. Yeah, but but they're not. They just want quantity and not quality. I think. Yeah. But but hasn't the rule been for the past like five years that uh, Marvel does better movies, DC does better TV? Yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, true. that's true. Because you have because you have. But is it because their their characters aren't as relatable? Well, the the relatable characters are the ones they put on TV. Yeah, like yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I can relate to Flash or even Legends yeah. on occasion. I mean, so. don't get me wrong; I'm a comic fan. I can relate to these. Oh, people, I, I, I love I just, Ray Palmer. I'm no yeah. genius, but man, that guy's the biggest nerd, and I love that show just <laughs> right. because of Ray. Right. Um, I can't remember. I'll start reading. You know when you when we're doing research for this stuff, and you just kind of get bored reading the same material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the same. And stuff. so you switch over to something else. Well, I found that uh, DC gave me a free comic book, so I started reading it. And it's some, some crossover. I, I need to pull it up. But I fall in love with Ted Cord. Yes. Ted Cord is awesome. 
Thank Dude, you. Dude, Kyle and I have had this love affair with, with Blue Beetle and Ted Cord I've for only, a long time. I've only read like 40 pages so <laughs> well, far. but And I'm going to defend this, this. Of course, Justice League comes out next week. But this yeah. is what I was going to say. DC even did another combo that I fell in love with when they did that last run of Justice League before we had the New 52. When they did Kong Gorilla and Starman. That, oh. that was, for me, that was the new Blue Beetle and Booster Gold because the relationship and everything they did. And I was like, they, they, they know. And I was like, oh, my God. And I wanted to sit there and I want a, a full-length you know, series of these two together because it was just, oh, my God. And so I think, yeah, no, I mean, but you're right. Ted Cord is like I fall in awesome. love with him. Although I will say, and I may be in the minority, but I, six weeks into it, I haven't watched one CW. Wow. And I think I'm done. Um, you know oh, what? You're no. not missing much. Uh, even though, Zach, like Zach said, DC does TV pretty well. Its, it's shows are, are not doing great. In terms of like my opinion of yeah. what the shows are, uh, Flash started off weak but got better. All I'm going to say is Elongated Man, Ralph Digby, they cast that like right on. I'm sorry. Solid. Yeah, <laughs> oh that is God. solid. That has been a home run for Flash. And but to open the season with true. marriage counseling, I was kind of like, nobody nobody reads comics, nobody watches comics for this. <laughs> but watches Legends, this this. I think it's been... Legends has been a home the run. The Halloween episode, I fell in love with and I want to see, I watched it at least two or three times just because of the whole E.T. like kind of homage. It was just... Uh, like, yeah, Ray, Ray is a kid. I know. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I love Ray Palmer. I love that show. And no matter what, if I complain about those DC shows, I'll still go watch Legends yeah. of Tomorrow because it's just fun. It, every episode could be different. But I was like, I didn't put them on my DVR as far as recording them. And I just haven't. If, like, I know they're on. If you're going to watch like, at least one, watch Legends. Seriously. Legends. Because, okay. because that's the one thing. Is Legends, the first season... Yeah, tried to take itself too seriously. Yeah. After I've that, after it. that season two, they're just like season oh, two screw is great. This. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And, and season three is in the same level, and, and so right. you know, and you've got j- just watch season three. I mean, okay. it, it's one of those ones that I think even if you don't watch Arrow, Flash, or Supergirl or anything else, that's the one. You just you can have fun and not, doesn't. I mean, I haven't even watched Riverdale, and I actually liked season. Oh one. God, is that I already? I have too much TV. I, I can't yeah. watch Riverdale. <laughs> I, I want to since they introduced the Hood. I'm very curious, and to I'm see pretty how this... sure I know who the Black Hood is. Oh really? Yeah. Uh oh. I'm pretty damn sure I do. I, I hope this is a crossover into another. Co- <laughs> so well, we're going to be. Company. We're also going to be on the spinoff of a uh, uh, Sabrina. They're yeah. Using Sabrina. Riverdale. The, uh, so I'm like, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, one idea we we tossed around while talking about the show was uh, the news that Brian Michael Bendis has uh, got an exclusive deal with DC, uh, multi layered, uh, multifaceted. Uh, we know. We know that. What Bendis has done for Marvel has put Marvel where it is today. Oh, gotcha. Marvel uh, TV shows wouldn't be those TV shows without Bendis. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and praise him for every single thing he's done. I think he's great. I love his stuff. I'll well, lucky for you, you're switching over to DC. So <laughs> yeah, um, and so you know, he tweeted out a picture of with a bunch of reading material and was asking for like, what would you like to see and with who? So, uh, it, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold? Blue Beetle. <laughs> uh, who would you put as the artist? Uh, we, we had a little discussion. We, we had this discussion and uh, Mark Bagley put, put Bagley and Bendis back uh, together on Booster oh. Gold and Blue Beetle. Beetle alone. Uh, because I, I always see Beetle as sort of a Spider-Man-esque kind of character in the DC Universe, you know, with that humor and the way he... The original, well, well, he works well with Booster Gold, though. The, no, no, no. I'm not saying he doesn't. He can have Booster, but I'm saying, but I, the Bagley and Bendis from yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. normal Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. works. Uh, I I want uh, an Alex Maleev, Brian Bendis, the Question series. That 
that that is my pitch. That's the only one I really I think I would love to see because I'd love to see it done as a Vertigo book. Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing oh, him that's, do. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him do uh, like a Black Canary or a Hawk One. Hawk yeah. Girl. Oh yeah. Birds of Prey maybe put him on Birds of Prey. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. What artist would you put on it? Oh jeez. Uh, uh, probably Malib. Yeah. There, there's so many that are tied to him. Yeah. You kind of go, I see this with him, or I see that with him. I'd like to see a readable Lobo. <laughs> a readable Lobo. <laughs> well, you have to have Simon Lee. Uh, uh, um, God. Oh, my gosh. Simon Bisley. Simon, Simon Bisley doing that book. You have to. I, I want Simon Bisley back, and I want them to do a six-issue six run of Ambush Bug just to bring him back. Ooh. Or I would also put yeah. Bill Sienkiewicz on that book. Oh yeah, I put Bill Sienkiewicz on that. I, I have to go deep cut on that. Because <laughs> no, 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 no. Ambush Bug is my favorite. No, yeah, he's great. That. He's great. Uh, also, shout out, happy birthday to Bill Mantlo. His uh, birthday was this past week, and nice. everyone knows I'm a big fan. I didn't realize who he created. I didn't know he did uh, Rom and yeah. Uh, oh my, yeah. yeah he did, he did, uh, in fact, I, I was uh, reading some of my old uh, Howard the Duck magazines, and he did those. If you want to feel uncomfortable <laughs> about uh, women and animal relations, <laughs> right? Uh, that's. The magazine run is so weird. <laughs> it's out there. I don't care. Be weird. It's fun. Uh, also, this week, CBR put out a piece about, uh, yes. about Marvel. And I'm not beating them up, but I am. You are. Uh, I will agree and disagree with a lot of p- things in this piece, though, this as we go through This is the 80s. It. We're not talking current Marvel. We're not this, talking is about, this is the 80s. They put out a list of what Marvel was doing right and doing wrong, and I think it is hard to make some of these demands. Um, like the first one, the writer, artist, creative genius. They put John Byrne in But here. I brought this up last episode when I said there was an issue of the Fantastic Four that I read where Byrne was actually in the issue. And this is the uh, Reed Richards trial for Saving Galactus. They put the yeah. shot empire yeah so um they, they list this as an example i don't know i mean you're asking for a talent like john byrne to be around now who can write and draw and and do multiple books that's kind of a mm-hmm. well, I mean, how, bendis bendis did draw in the beginning <laughs> he did do his own books in the beginning and the only other person that they and they they reference the piece is carrie andrews who did iron fist yeah. they let, let they let him do an iron fist run and and this is just for sales, in my opinion. His run on Iron Fist now is Comicsology, Comicsology exclusive. Yeah. Now that's just for sales. Right. Period. You're just trying to see can this guy do this? Uh, I think they're a little more heavy on editorial. I don't think they're letting them do a lot of cool stuff because as you go through this list, you th- see things that aren't like they used to be the fun part of the 80s. Right. Uh, new hero introductions. She Hulk on Fantastic Four with John Byrne was such a fun book. And I think that's what we miss a lot. I think we once uh, 86 hit, we just went with dark stories. Every character had to be named dead something. And, uh, and and we forgot that comics were supposed to be fun. Well, I remember, like, you know, it's okay, like, I brought up, you know, DeFalco's run on uh, Thor. But one of the things that uh, that also did is brought us the introduction to talk about new heroes, new warriors. That was the introduction of the first time we had the new warriors. Yeah. And brought back Nova. We got Speedball. And you're talking about, you know, there's a list of characters here. Electra, Mockingbird. Mockingbird, you know... You know, we got introduced to her in Marvel Team Up, but then she she got brought as a main character in that limit series with Hawkeye that we got. You know, and then Dazzler and, you know, Uncanny X-Men, Emma Frost, Rogue, the New Mutants. The New Mutants... 
and that comes to another one later down the with the New Mutants because of the first appearance of graphic novels. Yeah, and I mean, so, New Mutants was such a fun book. Yeah. You get an introduction to this first group of kids who are, who are going to the uh, Xavier School. You get the uh, the Bear Saga. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you're getting really great stuff, and that's in the first two years of that book or the, the three years. Yeah, right. so. Uh, I gotta, you know, I gotta agree that there just aren't a lot of great introductions of characters. I think the only thing that I can even closely put to it would maybe be Quentin Quire in X Men, who's been an interesting character written by so many different people. I'm not sure that we know who he is. Who? Quentin Quire. He was a, a he was a character that Grant Morrison created that was kind of this rebel at the uh, Xavier Mansion. Uh, you're not sure if he's good or bad, but uh, he's a pretty high-level telepath. Okay. Um, the only telepath I can think of are the, the, the triplets, the blondes. Oh, yeah. yeah Emma's Stepford Cuckoos? Yeah. Stepford Cuckoos, yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're in Generation X now, which that book's been hit and miss, but now it's a miss for me. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, won't know, I won't know how that one ends. Uh, contained events. We, uh, let's, oh. let's talk event books and Marvel, but w- let's include DC. We can't just judge the Marvel alone on this. No. Uh, but I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Secret Wars. Um, well, the original. Not the original. I'm talking about the last. I, the love, last the toy, I love the toy line. Yes, uh, yes, yes. They're, they're some of my favorites. The, the, well, that's the whole reason why the original was made for toys. For toys. For toys. Yeah. 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 And, it was, and, it was, and it was a great marketing deal. They made tons of money. And then they said, oh, we should keep doing this. And that was the bad idea. Plot, I'll, I'll, well, but, I mean, you got some huge plot points out of that. You got a talking Hulk and you got the black. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, you got Venom out of that, and no one has ever been able to tell his true origin from the comics because of that reason. Because they <laughs> don't own all the characters at once. Right. Um, I do love uh, their their reference to like Atlantis Atlantis attacks. I like seeing um, well, evolutionary war. Yeah, take annuals, take annuals, oh, make was, those, those are my the, favorites. Make those there, you know, but don't overlap them in every book. Don't like Marvel. We hate event books. They're not good. You're slow. You don't do them on time. You ruin the reading yeah. for the fan. I mean, that's those, well, well, and that and the, all the tie-ins. All the tie-ins that don't make any sense that maybe appear. Oh, it's an appearance, and that's. Well, do I need to read it? No. Oh, you're going to sell it to me in a graphic novel, though. You said you said DC right there, and I can say, name the biggest one they have: Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earth. You, you had yeah. tie-in books, but you could just read the twelve issues, and that was all you oh, needed yeah. to read for yeah. it. Yeah, and so, and and I've started to lean towards the part of Marvel has a continuity problem their totally. legacy thing if it doesn't fix it they need to have like a crisis and just wipe out a ton of stuff and they're not going to they, they that's won't. that's the one big thing i mean granted they've done it with since uh secret wars but you know dc is you know when they did crisis they tried to knock out the whole multiverse and of course they had to bring it back to you know to make things even make any sense marvel has never done that until now well Here's here's what I've seen at Marvel, and y'all tell me if I'm putting these pieces together correctly. We saw uh, Annihilation and the Annihilation sequel, and that kind of put their cosmic world yeah. in order. That yeah. that established the Guardians. It started to lay out map of who's who, who's in charge, and who are the entities in space for the cosmic storyline. That helped. Mm-hmm. I read an article that said that they were wanting to do that for the supernatural world, and that's what we're seeing right now with the Spirit of Vengeance book. That, oh, so that I is their care the, enough about the. Uh, that's that's the thing is I don't care enough about that area to want to read it. Right, but point. it but it used to be great. It yeah. used to be great back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, they the, when they had that first Spirits of Vengeance, we had the Danny Catch Ghost Rider. And yeah, all, and the uh, what was it? Not, it was Blade and two others. It was the. Uh, 
You know what I'm talking about. Like, well, it's just, it's just all, is it a uh, werewolf? Is it all? No, the, no, 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 uh, no. Oh, crap. It was like late 90s. They did, they did like, they were trying to do like a whole, like four or five issues special run of the dark kind of mystic kind of stuff. And there was one that had Blade as a part of a team. But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I do remember this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Blade, another character they totally underuse. Um, and, and so the, so now, uh, and, I, and I hate this because I'm friends with him online. I, whoever is writing super, the, 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 uh, <laughs> Spirit of Vengeance books. I'm so sorry. I cannot remember your name right now. Because that's what they're trying to get those books in order. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and they need to do it for the heroes. And I don't know if Legacy is going to do it. I, I don't I know. Doubt it. Yeah, they're, they're kind of all over the place. You know, the, the, the sad part about the event books now is that they're just cash grabs for Marvel. Well, are they, though? Because another article I posted was about Marvel and DC just becoming the story you know, these places to pull stories for, for movies, because the movies are just going to make more money than the comics. Where do comics sit? Because right now the sales for Marvel comics are where they were at at 2003. Post 90 speculation, you know, maybe some fans have filtered back in, but we're, they're, they're not making the money they used to. And well, I, I don't want this to become just like, you know, a focus on like what their, you know, yeah. business plan should be. I want to talk about what's fun, what I miss, what I enjoy. Uh, and, and, and go through some of these uh, CBR pieces because they're I'm, spot on. Well, I'm going to say you, right. No, I'm going to go ahead. How do you get new fans of something that that they go buy movie tickets for all the time? Well, no, 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 <laughs> no. Well, they go buy movie tickets all the time because um, millennials and kids younger than that, all they want to do is fucking check out. Yeah. Right. So them going to the movies paying $12 or whatever go to the movies and check out that's right in their wheelhouse buying a comic book and reading anything isn't really in their wheelhouse I I would I mean people still read books but I think book book sales in general are still up but I think it's more because of the older generation I don't think the younger generation is really reading a shit ton of books yeah I mean you can barely get them I mean you can barely get them to pick up a newspaper so, but 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 it's digital accessible. Yeah, exactly. It's it's there. Um, I mean is. that that to me those are the things that that digital market should be for is the millennials who want to read and, and consume this, like that. This is what I'm scared about the digital, and this goes for both books and comics. It's the fact I love still walking into a Barnes and Nobles and kind of looking at the shelves. Yeah. I love walking into a comic shop. If everything starts going digital, there's no place, no reason to have a comic shop. I agree with that, but at the same time, Marvel and DC aren't trying to do anything. No, no, no. I, I know, and I'm not, I'm not giving any. That, I mean, I, that's what I'm trying. How do we save that? And you're talking about the millennials and you know they want they everything has to be digital now i mean i mean i think you have to have a collector's market and and marvel does that with variant covers dc does that with variant covers and that's really the only thing i hate variant covers it kind of sucks because you yeah because yeah because you're you're going out and you're buying five ten twenty five dollar covers because you like an artist or you yeah. like this piece. I'm okay that. with maybe one. If you have like, oh, you know, in every 20 books, you might get the one special George Perez, you know, cover. If it's or, just maybe, like, or, or maybe they do it on the giant size. No, exactly. Or, or yeah, the, yeah. the annual. Do it annual again. Yeah. Come back to the annual. And I'm going to, I wish we, I wish we could go back to the annual, like, events. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I even when, like, you know, there was, um, it's not, not Days of Future Past, but they did that uh, annual series where it was, they uh, brought in, um, uh, oh, God, uh, pr- not profit. Um, but, they brought Franklin back, and it was him rewriting history. And okay. It was, yeah, yeah. And it was, but it was it was four issues. It was just X Factor, Fantastic Four, X Men, and New Mutants, and it was just. And, uh, <laughs> 
And I'm, I'm sorry, but but it was like, but even sometimes it would have contained just like four comics, and this was like a small crossover event. I like when it was just the annuals. You didn't have like you said before, not all these other issues. It was just oh, buy these four annuals, and you got your contained story. It's like those were fun right. to read. Okay, so then let me let me put this one out there before we go further in the list. Do you guys think Marvel's editorial is pushing talent away? Um, we had. Um, Oh my gosh, Tom King leave mm-hmm. and uh, do. I, I haven't read it, but I've heard Mister Miracle is the book to be reading right That's now. Uh, after leaving uh, for I Vision, ba- I heard his Batman stuff. Uh, yeah, be read too. Yeah, he wrote the uh, Elmer so, Fudd book. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, no, let me let me let me ask this as a question. And I this is a topic I heard on a podcast last night. Okay. Um, uh, one of the writers, Ken Levine. Uh, used to write on MASH. He has a podcast, and he was saying that like a lot of the writers, these are older writers, so they've been yeah. around for a while, but a lot of the writers, apparently, they're looking for television and movies. They're looking for people. It's age. They're looking for younger people, and so a lot of these guys who used to write on MASH have to take MASH off of the resume. Do you think Marvel is trying to maybe go for a younger, like, a creative crew than the older one? I don't know, because I, I, I think uh, what they're bringing in... I. I see them kind of bow to like a lot of you know, like, like you I, need I, to have this kind of writer, that kind of writer, and then suddenly they'll have it and they'll cancel it. I mean, there there was a there's been a big push for Black Panther books before the movie, and they're canceling those books before the movie after they get, hear a huge outcry of like we'd like to see these people working on these books, and then they don't last that long, right? Uh, which is insane because we're like months away from that movie being released. I know. Uh, oh, we have Bendis going to DC. Now, I'm going to take that one and say that one is... is I think that guy honestly loves uh, comics. Uh, comics so much that he would do... He's That's why he's doing DC. Right. Uh, there is a tweet uh, from Gail Simone that talks about yeah, what a big yes. fan Bendis is, and I, I'm going to leave it up to that. Wait, everyone's uh, talking about, like, oh my God, he's leaving Marvel. It's like, guys, he's worked for other comic companies before. I mean, I have stuff... He did Powers for Image. Uh, founding glory or uh, pounding glory for uh, Oni. I have his this gra- uh, novel he did for Oni Press. Like he's worked for other freaking comic companies. Yeah, it's not like granted he's been for Marvel in Marvel like twenty years almost. But so he's yeah. jumping to DC. Let him do what he wants. You know, it's, it's his turn to go somewhere else. And and and, and, and for the the amount of books. I mean, a few weeks ago when I went to the comic show here uh, in Dallas and talked with Daniel Way, Daniel Way was like, you know, I'd been in Marvel for fourteen years, and I think about that, and I go, well, he's only done so many books, and then I think about how many Bendis has done over twenty. Exactly. And go, Oh, right. oh wow! So like even at fourteen, you could just start to get worn down, yeah, right? But again, he focused his his style is on certain characters, right? Um, and he after, does a really good job with those. Characters. But after a while, how much how much can you do for certain characters? What you haven't done already? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like how many times can you write Jessica Jones? How many times can you write Daredevil after until you just like look? I've already done everything I want to do with this character. Yeah, and and uh, I wonder if he's going to take that street level to. Oh I wonder, God, I hope so. God, I'd love to see him do some Green Arrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, that Black Canary pitch that you have though—that's yeah. the one I'm probably most excited. Yeah. If I could just come up with an artist, I think that would be perfect. That's that's my Birds yeah. of Prey. Bird, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, um, I think it was just uh, it was just his time. But you, yeah. you know, I'm trying to think of another big time writer they have over there. Cause, and I'm I'm wondering how well will Bendis get along with Johns? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine because isn't Johns the is overlord he, of everything? He's yeah. COO. I think he's you know so or. or, or is he chief creative or chief operating? Yeah, he's over. He's over. He's over the. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, all the DC, uh, the CW stuff too. I think. Yeah, he is, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. he's the overlord of everything. So, and if he has a Stan Lee approach about it, you know, once I give up a title, it's yours. Do whatever the hell you want to. Yeah, with it, I don't care. 
then we we should be fine. But considering that everything falls on his head, will he be that way? You know, uh, DC's outselling Marvel, so I think they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, uh, they, yeah. they just added they just added someone to hit cleanup. So yeah, true. Uh, I think at this point they probably are going to say, uh, "We have plans. What would you like to do?" And then mm-hmm. and then g- go into the, both of those. And we what can... would you think about that swap though? What if Johns went D- uh, to Marvel? Would you like that? No, no. I don't think he's a Marvel guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's nothing against him. I just I, I I don't know any Marvel books he's written. Um, I do like the stuff he does for DC, and I think that that's his voice. Right. Uh, that's why he works so well at DC. It's nothing against Johns. It's it's right. just that I think. And again, I don't even know what Marvel is today. It, it, it's really hard to find who their voice is because it's a movie company. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie company that has characters that don't exist in the comics that are in the movies. That I, I don't know. I just I'm, I'm going to go down a spiral. I don't want to right now. Uh, let's let's get back to this. We're, we're just going to get 82 issues of Negasonic Teenage Warhead and just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, if that's the big character, we'll we'll get. I mean, after Guardians Volume Two, there was like three Guardians titles out, you know, by different people, and it was just flooding. You know, like we're just going to put everything out we can. I hate it. Back to the list. Back to the list. Uh, and if you think of more Bendis books you like, uh, yeah. keep pitching those. <laughs> uh, Secret Identity Suspense. Uh, I think, and the reference in here is Hobgoblin, uh, but they don't really get. The closest things they have for nowadays are just all the new versions of all the new characters. We have, you know, uh, Red Hulk. Mm-hmm. We have female Wolverine. We have, you know, we have the same. Well, this is where I'm going to say I think writing has changed too because, like, when they did, they introduced Red Hulk, I was like, I, I kept going, who the hell is this guy? With Hobgoblin, I was reading back in the 80s, it's like, you could have drawn out the identity for another two or three years, and I was like, I I'm, I'm can't wait to find out. But I, like, I did. I, it didn't nod me as bad, I yeah. think. And so, like, like you know, especially with, and don't get me wrong, I think this is my favorite book out of Marvel, but The Defenders right now. Yeah. Like, the first thing I wanted to know, out of, especially after issue two, is, like, what is Diamondback, how is he back alive? It's like, I want, this, I want this question answered now, and I think it was the 80s. You could draw out a good story where somebody didn't have to know. Like, again, it's a millennial attitude. It's like, I have to know now everything real quick, and you, yeah. can, you can make something last over a long time. Well, um, what are the big identities for y'all that you you've always whenever you read a book you go man that was a good arc or I really I wish this had played out longer or this villain well I, I will give you uh, well I just read recently um, it wasn't really like an identity but it well there's two things in Jason Aaron's books like um, there's a character called the unseen which we just found out is Nick Fury. Uh, and then that oh, played out for a long time. And then what Nick Fury said to Thor to make him unworthy. That was a great... That, I mean, that lasted almost two years before we found out what he actually said to him. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so, I mean, and, and reading that, you know, I didn't have to wait two years, but reading that in time, through time, I was like, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. You know, and and bring and it remind, when I read this article, it reminded me of that. That it wasn't really an identity, but there's still some secrets out there that the writing. But I think there's also maybe a sign of our culture that we don't like surprises anymore. I, I mean, I mean, us as no, I think us you, as fans, like true fans and true nerds. I and, think and you might true, hit a nail on the head right there. Um, I, but, I like an unknown history. I, I yeah. loved Wolverine's yeah. history being yeah. unknown for years. I because I, right. you could always fill it with stories, and you had no limitation. And as soon as you wrote Origins, you go, okay, so this is it. This is it. Um, 
I'm going to argue with uh, number 11 on this list. Runs for years because Bendis has proved that he's done that with Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. He did Daredevil. I mean, there there are... Uh, him and Bagley did Ultimate Spider-Man longer than anyone. Right. You know, so you can't really argue that there are runs for years. What you can argue is there's constant reboots, and that's the problem. That is uh, the problem. If you're if you're a huge fan of Captain Marvel, you're excited for the Captain Marvel movie. You want to run out and go buy Captain Marvel. You're gonna have to go. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that because you're gonna that. go to your store. You're gonna have to ask. Okay, which is the first volume? Which is the second volume? I don't understand the numbering. Where? Okay, See. but I'd really like to read Kelly Sudeikis' run. Do I need to know? You know, it, it becomes well, it becomes a history. And lesson. this is where I get a little pissy about the Marvel stuff being Captain Marvel it's like you f-, f bags he's not the original Captain Marvel Shazam is the original Captain Marvel and this is where ah. I, I, I'm sorry I was a, I've been a huge Shazam fan since I was a kid and the fact that you, they can't use the damn name anymore it, it, it's Zachary Levi sir it's Zachary Levi now <laughs> my point he, you know, he can play I'm just I, I, I know I, I, I'm excited about that cast I know so. so am I and I'm like okay nothing against you know I, I'm looking forward to the, the Marvel Captain Marvel film but I just I hate that Marvel had a be such douchebags with it, you know. D- for the longest time, you may have put Shazam in the title, but you still had two Captain Marvels. My one of my favorite scenes in a comic book ever is it's the uh, Avengers versus JLA, and it's the very last book where they're fighting, you know, um, uh, Kronos. And and there's a scene when one of the characters, I think it's uh, White Fox, goes Captain Marvel, look at, and it's a, there's a shot of Shazam and Marvel right there punching their enemies, and they go, "Thank you." And it's like, holy! <laughs> you want to see me nerd out on something? That was like my childhood dream right there was like you had Marvel and you had Shazam it was just oh my god sorry <laughs> that was just no, a that's, that is what this show is for is to, is to find the stuff that, that we love and nerd out and enjoy and it it was George Perez it was George Perez drawing the damn art and that's that, that, yeah you want to talk about a comic book geek that was my moment right there <laughs> so so what like to go back to those days and and, it, and now we've become the old guys sitting here going in the good old days what, what are we missing nowadays? Is it just fun? Is everything just too dark? Uh, too dark. I don't. I, I sometimes I get really tired of the fact that oh, we release a Marvel film and then we everything in the comic books has to be exactly like the film. Screw yeah. you. Yeah. DC has already said, hey, we have these different universes. Mar- DC Cinematic Universe is its own Earth. The uh, CW show is its own Earth. The anime stuff is its own Earth. They even said Young Justice is Earth. Blah blah blah. Let Marvel Six One Six have its own damn thing. Don't keep changing to match the damn films. And then let you know. Then have your own cinematic universe. I mean, it just let its own stuff be its own. Don't have to tie everything together. Yeah, one of the one of the pieces in this article is about how limited series grow the universe. Create create some characters that yeah. we can get into for four issues and go. I want to know more, and then build on that, and then build well, on have, that. They haven't done that in years, but no. they have. We've seen this trend where they try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a limited series of a new character in a no, long time. No, not in a while. Uh, yeah, that's definitely something that they that, and and uh, another. Uh, what else is on the list? Captain America versus America. Always the the, the problems with Captain America and the government and his views, and it's constantly being portrayed. Do we need to make? Cap, does Captain America have to be political in every book, no. or can he just be? Can can we tell a World War II story? Can we take him to this era? Can we take him to the future? I mean, well, I, I mean, we know that he went into Dimension Z with Rick Remainder, so we know that. Right. But uh, do we, does he have to be constantly be political? No, I don't think so. Let me phrase that. I will tell you one of my favorite Captain America stories. Uh, <laughs> the, 
has Deathlock. Nothing to do political, just time travel. But then I also have one where Captain America goes to Guantanamo Bay to make sure that a person gets a proper uh, trial. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty fascinating to see that political angle of Cap going up against uh, someone who is his enemy to make sure that he's treated fairly. Too is too it, much or no? no I, okay, if your if your character is inherently a symbol of your country, isn't he bound to be political at every turn? Not necessarily. I mean, I mean not necessarily. I mean, we we can go back to having fun, but. I guess we when you when you go to like just a fun Captain America, then what's his motivation? You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, like we were talking about. Sorry, we were talking about you know just you know back to the 80s and stuff when Captain America was more simple. There was a point in the comic book, uh, the comics where he was an artist for Marvel Comics. They, yeah, yeah, and I love the fact that oh he's just a general artist who's drawing comic books. You know, and even still like you know, I mean I. I He's got to be a political hero, but I don't think everything and every issue has to be a political story. I think you know he's yeah. representing the well, country. But here, here's the funny thing about what you just said, though, that you know back in the '80s when when he wasn't so what, what was the word you use serious or uh, more fun? Yeah, yeah, that's also the reason why he was considered a B-list character whenever he came out in the movies. Oh yeah, those, you those movies were rough. <laughs> you know. Uh, it, how much how much time have we got, Zach? Uh, we've got about five minutes. Okay, so let's, we're going to wind up with the list and and do our outros here. Uh, some of the things on here are some of the best things that we got out of the '80s. Uh, Get weird, uh, showing Marvel and doing Bill Sienkiewicz art in a teenage book, New Mutants, that kind of redefined what that title is. And, Whoa. I don't know, it was so so influential, that's what we're seeing as I, the movie. We're getting I the mean, film based on right. it. You know, because that's, that's the kind of risk they took. And when you go back and you go, uh, who's taking these risks? And it was Jim Shooter, the guy who did yeah. a 12-issue a limited series for some toys. Right. He made he made some stuff fun. Yeah. And he, he was doing something right. Um New villain uh, introductions. Any new villains you guys have read that you guys completely enjoy or have redefined a book for you because of the villain? Not redefined. There have been some villains that I enjoy. Um, The Black Order recently. Okay. Anytime they pop up, I kind of like them. You know, Black Swan, Proxima Midnight. Yeah. I like those two characters. They they pop up in Unworthy Thor. Um, But... uh, as far as redefining a comic not, not, book, not no. new, but I was going to say, like, one villain that I kind of liked in the last, say, year or two was, and especially since he was sort of dead, was Dr. Octopus. I thought they did it with an amazing. Really I thought they, yeah. they, they well, reinvented him, I think, as a, like the typical I'm, I'm smart, I'm Lex Luthor. Superior, superior well, Spider Man? Well, no, they made him Spider Man, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I started off trying to like that and hated it. Uh, I'll be straight up. Until they brought Peter back, I stopped reading that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my. Mine is a DC book. It's Court of Owls. I mean, they introduced yeah. something incredible and, and managed to put it into Batman's history and make it worthwhile and, right. and make it fun. Yeah. What about uh, Captain America joining Hydra? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm perfect. So, I know. love that reaction. Tell me why. Uh, Honestly, I can tell you I haven't read Secret Empire because uh, I was reading Cap and I saw that and I was like, okay, well, I want to see where it goes. And and it did play out for a long time. And I was just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I care. Yeah. Because I know it's going to get – it's all going to – 
go back to where it was. So so it's just a matter of like going, how did how did they do it? And how are they getting it back? Because it, it, everyone will reverse and go back to what they were before. I read it, but I just didn't care. It's like, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. They, they, I, I think I was reading the Captain America series up until he officially outed himself as Hydra. But it was just like, I just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I've never been a Captain America fan. So it's just like, ooh, he's the bad guy. Now. There have been a couple runs. I think one of my favorites, Andy Kubert was drawing it. It was right after they came back from Heroes Reborn. After Onslaught, and it was it was about at least the first twelve issues. I really got it. He lost the shield, it sank to the ocean. He had to go back to his old triangular shield. Oh yeah, okay, and, then, yeah. and then he got the electronic shield that I think uh, either T'Challa or Tony gave to him. And that was just a fun arc right there. That I after that, I was just kind of. Or I take it back. I also like Captain America when he was the captain, when he lost the suit and he became oh. that that run. I love. Yeah. Yeah, there was some weird stuff in there, like Nomad for a while, because they did a Nomad spinoff that was kind of like um, Lone Wolf and Cub, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But they took risks, yeah. you know. And uh, even the '90s had some good chunks of Marvel history. Yeah. All right. So, do we have some recommended reading this week? Uh, Adrian, you want to start because you had some great Thor stuff. Oh, like I said, um, the Jason Aaron um, Unworthy. Unworthy's good. Um, that's uh, I think it's six issues. It's in trade paperback now. Um, the God of Thunder was really good. The first two volumes of the, uh, the, the tale of the God Butcher, um, which they kind of took some of his powers and wove them in with Hela in the movie. Like, yeah. her, like how she can just create weapons out of nowhere. But that's, like, that's a God Butcher thing. Okay. So um, those two runs. Um, and then um, Planet Hulk. Was, Planet Hulk. Was, was, was fantastic. Oh, I, t- I totally recommend Planet yeah. Hulk. And if you've got Netflix, I think it's on Netflix. It's worth oh, watching. Yeah, watch anime film. It is it, it's, it's fun. But the book gets way more into the characters, and yeah. they're so much better when you learn more so, about them. So, uh, just on a little quick little side note. So, I kept hearing people giving the, um, when they were doing their non spoiler reviews, saying that there was a cameo. And I always thought that somehow Marvel had gotten back uh, Fantastic Four. Oh. Because, you know, they're, all of a sudden Fox is allowed to do X-Men TV shows, and they weren't before. Yeah. So I figured they worked something out. So all of a sudden they're hoping for the Silver Surfer to come in, you know, to pop in. Oh, and Jesus. I was like, That would be a huge reveal. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, but then it, it was just Matt Damon. All right. We've got to wrap this up. Kyle, what you got for recommending? Like I said, Tom DeFalco, Ron, uh, Friends, Ron of uh, Thor. Um, Straczynski's Thor. That, that's mine. I'm a big fan. I love uh, Oliver's art in that. So check it out. All right. Cut. Uh, Clay, go ahead and give us uh, uh, plugs if you would, please. Uh, you can find us on Next Issue Pod on on Twitter, face, on Twitter <laughs> Next Issue Podcast on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Clay underscore Harrison. Kyle? Uh, you can follow me at Kylepedia. And you can follow me at Adrian underscore Harry. And you can find us all on just a sec here on just a here on yeah. <laughs> next you can find issue. us all on just a sec. <laughs> following next issue here on Pelisonair.com. <laughs> nice. See you guys. See you guys. See you guys. There's a breakfast over there. Yeah, I mean we could have said in the This is DallasOnAir.com and a Bacon Samurai production.